Charles Darwin spent six months in South America looking for a lesser rea, an ostrich-like bird, only to have one served to him for dinner. Halfway through the meal, Darwin realized what he was eating, gathered the parts, and sent them to England for taxidermy and formal classification. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world more whole. That's right, John. It is. The f- the the frightened times are indeed upon us. Yes, that's right. It is the month where we fall into uh, a hazy state, if you will, a state of utter frights and confusion. Yes, indeed, John. Thank you for reminding me that it is indeed the frightened times, and that would mean I am indeed haunted, Henry. And yes, this is Just Scares John, and together we're Haunted Henry and Just Scares John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the Frightgeist. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, what were, where would I be without you, John, if you were, he, you were, if you weren't here? No one would know that it is indeed the frightened times. The frightened times are here and upon us. It's time to delve into the spooky scares. All the things that go bump in the night are here, joining us on, on here, on, on zero creepits. Yes, creepits. I, I lost it. Yeah, it is indeed the frightened times, and uh, as John so helpfully pointed out, yeah, yeah, that's right, John. Thank you for reminding me again. Uh, yeah, so this zero credits since its inception has has celebrated uh, this this period of time in which we call the frightened times uh, ever since its inception, ever since the first year we. We've done a little a little event every frightened times that pulls just the entire world into chaos and disorder, uh, ranging from time traveling ghosts to just weird sponsors that force us to do things to interviewing demons. We've done it all, and this year is a little different. Um, for one, I'm going to take a sip of water. Right, as John was saying. Uh, for one, uh, John's not here. So there's that. Uh, because uh, the very good reason that John isn't here uh, is because he's getting married at the end of, of October. And so he's busy doing wedding stuff. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying John's going to miss the entire month of October. One, that would be a tall order for me to do. Uh, fill the whole month with with little spooky content. I'm not up for that. Can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, I just I don't have it in me. Uh, uh, so he's gonna he's gonna be back. He's actually uh, it's a really really bad timing. He's actually sick. He, he, he has no 
voice anymore. He's got a sore throat and he's coughing. He had a little bit of a fever. I said he had COVID. Uh, he says he's testing neggy, negative, no positive tests there. So instead, he's just getting some bed rest, resting that voice of his, and he'll be back when he can. Uh, that is, uh, he'll be back as he can, because we don't quite know how the end of the month is going to shake out. He's getting married. He's got a lot to do. Exactly, John. Thanks for chiming in. And um, I'm just going to keep pretending like he's here just to make things easier on myself because I don't like being alone. But pl planning weddings is hard. Uh, so we will please excuse John, whether he's here or not during the entire frightened times. Uh, but what I was going to do until he got sick and couldn't be here, I was going to give him a little gift. Like every every episode would be like a little gift segment for him. Like, and I've been sitting on I've been sitting on one story for like a year now, waiting for a good time to tell him. Don't tell him what it is, and I won't tell you what it is to not ruin the surprise. Um, but I've been sitting on a story for about a year that I've been dying to get his take on because it involves one of his favorite things he's ever talked about on the podcast and and uh my favorite thing is it involves a really roundabout explanation it's great but since he's not here to get his reaction we can't do it we can't do the story without him we're not gonna we're not gonna oh you're welcome john you're welcome yes i wholly and dutifully respect your wishes at all times uh, he just thanked me for not doing the story um exactly so I'm drinking water tonight as I, I, um, I don't know if you guys remember, I went on a little Colorado vacation, drank way too much, got back from vacation, realized my life uh, isn't as good as being on vacation. Let's face it, whose is? Uh, but that led me to drink a little bit uh, extra last week. So I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So we're not gonna. I'm drinking water tonight. Sorry if you can hear the ice and the straw. I have a little sippy cup because I'm a baby. So what are we gonna do without John? John's here, but he's not. He's here as a spirit, but he's not here with the vocal cords to speak. I really kind of wanted him to just sit on the call and listen to me talk. Uh, but uh, when you're sick, the last thing you want to do is like entertain the whims and wishes of someone who isn't sick. Like you could be given a list of things that you could do while sick. And as soon as somebody else's name is like on an item on that list, you don't want to do it. Like on the list is like rest and bemoan and kind of be like a ghost in a house. Just going like, Ugh. but like if you pitch it up, it'd be like, Ooh, uh, you, you know, you could just lay around the house and try to get better by moaning. That sounds pretty dang good. Now, if like Henry asked you to just lay around the house and like moan while being sick, it just makes it different, right? Like you don't want to do that. You don't want to when you're sick. It's like I'm sick. I don't want to do anything anyone else wants me to do. I just want to do what I want to do. What I want to do is like be sick and get better. 
But if like as soon as like a doctor's like you need to be sick and get better, you're like, well, fuck you, dude. I'm gonna go run a marathon because it's my sickness. You can't tell me what to do with it. That could just be me. I don't know. But it would have been neat if uh, John could be here with his raspy voice and rattling coughs. But we wish him the best. He is here as a spirit, as it were. Uh, so I'll keep talking to him throughout the night. Yeah, I'm going to mention it, John. I'm going to mention it. It's fine. It's good. He's, uh, he's he, Look, John's right now. He's waving his arms at me. He's like, don't forget to talk about the frightened times. But I already did. So, like, you're an idiot, and you should be a better host, you idiot. That's how we talk to each other. Yeah. I don't get why he doesn't want to be on the podcast while he's sick. For me to berate him while he can't talk back. I don't know. Oh, frightened times. So instead of giving John a gift for him to react to, I thought I was going to give I'm going to I'm going to give John a different gift. I'm going to give him something to listen to post recording. And but it's you guys are going to hear it because it's what I'm recording. This recording is the gift. And what I'm going to do, I've had this theory that I have been telling people with an earshot of me for the better half of like a quarter, like a corporate quarter, like a business quarter. The better half of three months for you laymen and laywomen. Um, and I, I thought I would delineate it in a spectacular style tonight. I uh, have it mostly written in my head, like all things. I, I write it in my head first before I do anything with it. So it's mainly written in my head. I'm going to try to recite it from that said head uh, later on. But first, like, how are you doing, John? You're sick? You're very sick. You're so sick you couldn't be on the podcast? I've already told them you're so sick you couldn't be on the podcast. I'm wasting time with this bit? No one thinks this bit is funny. I, You want me to move on? I should move on? I'm an idiot for not having moved on? John's doing well, folks. He's doing really well. Um, he, he sends his best. He wishes he could be here because he is here because he's a ghost. And as such, when you're a ghost, it's weird. Uh, you're intangible, right? So your vocal cords, they can't vibrate to make noise. It's weird because we always depict ghosts as going like, ooh, I'm a ghost. But like it's like it's like explosions in space. They make no noise, right? But in the movies, they make noise. It's like that. It's like that. Ghosts, ghosts just, um, they, uh, they're like movies. Ghosts are like movies. Um, it's not real. Ghost in real life, silent. Silent as the grave, as they say. They don't make no noise, is the thing. If you're a good lip reader, you'd be a good ghost. I think that's why mediums exist, because they can see ghosts to read their lips. And that's why they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm getting a reading here. Uh, John's here, and he says, stop stalling, get to your theory. 
Well, we're going to get that. This is a preamble to the theory. Calm yourself, John, the ghost. What are you going to do? Possess me? Oh, he's reaching in. He's reaching into my And it goes right through my head. And I'm cold. And I'm cold. Having a ghost is like having a portable AC. Because it, it'll chill you. It'll thrill you. Having a ghost. Having a ghost. Right, so for the rest of Frightened Times, I'm going to be giving John little gift-wrapped segments uh, curtailed specially for him. They might not be the most up-to-date stories, because as I said, I, I've been sitting on one for quite a while. But I think there'll be things he will really enjoy, so please tune in for that uh, in the upcoming weeks of Frightened Times. But I guess now I've stalled long enough, and I should just get on with it as uh, the little joke in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Also a joke stemming from Monty Python's Flying Circus. They like to put bits where they can. Uh, I should just get on with it and, and introduce this theory, this grand theory, that is frankly a little frightening and a little bit spooky. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, but hopefully you're old enough, I present, without further ado, you may be familiar with the movie, The Theory of Everything. I think it has um, Eddie Redman in it. And he plays Stephen Hawking. Um, am I getting this right, John? John, am I getting this right? The theory of everything. And it's about Stephen Hawking's life, but it's got Eddie Red. Is that Eddie Redman? Let me take a little picture. Yeah, that's Eddie Redman. And then uh, is that Felicity Jones? Yeah, Felicity Jones and Eddie Redman. You might be. You might be familiar with the movie, The Theory of Everything. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, but hopefully you're old enough, I present to you, with no further ado, wait, with no further ado, yeah, uh, without further ado, wait, without further ado, I present to you the theory of everything getting a little bit worse. That's right, the theory of everything getting a little bit worse. That is the name of the theory. Uh, and introduce the theory. You might be familiar with the song, absolutely parentheses, story of a girl, close parentheses by uh, the group nine days. And you might be familiar with the pre-chorus of this song that goes like this. Your clothes never wear as well the next day and your hair never falls in quite the same way. And my dog makes a noise behind me and ruins the take. I'm not redoing it. Um, uh, so these lyrics from this song, you might remember from the zero credit supplemental reading on Everything Everywhere All at Once, another great movie with the title Everything in it. That's kind of the theme for this theory. 
Um, you might remember these lyrics being explained by Ki Han's character. I'm not going to get any names right. I'm just realizing. Is it Ki Kwan? Ki Kwan. Ki Kwan's character, Waymond, uh, well, Alpha Waymond, explains to Michelle Yeoh's character, whose name we'll never remember. He uses these lyrics to explain the fact that something is off with the metaverse, the universe, the multiverse, what have you. And the explanation given in that movie, uh, spoilers, is that an everything bagel, a bagel with quite literally everything on it, has collapsed in on itself and is slowly sucking the essence of life into it. So if you remember that from that movie, this I think is where sort of the impetus of this theory is coming from. Everything is getting a little bit worse. So that is one explanation um, of the theory that there's somewhere and the entire multifolds of existence, uh, the plot of everything, everywhere, all at once is happening. And there is indeed an everything bagel with literally all of existence on it, collapsing in on itself and just sucking in, absorbing, if you will, into oblivion, uh, some small essence of life at a rate so insignificant that we can't feel its effects until later on, like a glacier melting or a glacier melting. Um, the premise of the theory is pretty simple. The premise of the theory is that everything is getting just a little bit worse all of the time. And uh, we're, the, the effects of that theory are being felt on an everyday basis, but no more so than now. Now we are a feeling today. We are feeling the effects of everything getting just a little bit worse over time, more so than ever. Uh, there are just, just so many things I can point to to demonstrate this, one of which being if flying on Southwest Airlines... I don't mean to call out any particular airline. Uh, I think flying in general has kind of suffered from this, uh, this phenomenon of everything getting just a little bit worse all of the time. Uh, but specifically flying on Southwest Airlines, uh, how I will demonstrate this is through anecdotal evidence, of course. It's the only evidence I have. I am but one humble idiot. Uh, but uh, my growing up, my family only flew Southwest Airlines. They liked the free bags, and they liked that they could sit together as a family without paying different prices for different seats. We could get like a row for them and and us, the kiddos, the kids. We all we, we would like to fly the Southwest. We would travel primarily to places where Southwest flew, which if you know their 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 flight destinations. They're not all-encompassing. They mainly fly uh, south and west. But we would fly southwest. And uh, when you're a kid, flying is this marvelous, fantastic thing. It's a new experience for you. You're getting used to it. You're getting used to flying. It's new. 
Everything's new. They got people going up and down, giving you snacks, giving you cans of soft drink. You can't drink soft drink at home, but now we're on vacation. Everything's new. Everything's changed. It's all different. Here's a pack of peanuts, and they're the most delicious peanuts you've ever had, and you can only get them on the plane. It's great. You're small. You got a small little body. You're a kid. I was a kid. I was small. And I was sitting in this big grown-up chair, a lot of room to, to, to stretch my legs. Got my backpack under the chair in front of me. Got to get my Game Boy out. Boom. We're playing Pokemon the whole flight. Flying on Southwest Airlines 20 years ago was amazing. Where's the rub, Henry? John, this, is, this is a cue card John has held up to me now. He says... Uh, Henry, where is the rub? The rub is uh, uh, recently our Colorado flight. I flew southwest, and uh, boy, was I surprised because the plane's the same. It's the same plane. I swear, it's the same plane that we would fly on when I was a kid. Same plane, same seats, no improvements, no screens, no no charging points. Points, no charging ports in the seats, which would have would have been great as a kid. Because I mean, I don't know if you know this, the Game Boy sucks some hell out of some batteries, so you would always need to travel some spares. Charging port port could have come in handy back then. Um, I'm going to start calling them charging points because uh, apparently that's what my mouth wants to say. It's the same plane 20 years later. And so now you're saying, oh, it's the same plane, so it's equal. No, because meanwhile, we, we, the, every other plane has, has, gotten, has gotten more features, more things, more screens, more stuff. But the state, across the board, the seats are smaller. The, the flight attendants are sick of us, frankly, and with good reason. They've had to put up with a lot. Uh, but there's no more painted on smiles on people's faces who are like, what can I get you? I, flight attendants in movies and stuff, they're like the nicest people in the world. That's how they used to be. And now we're stuck with the, and again, no faults on their part. Uh, that they have every reason to be salty. They're the saltiest sailors of the sky, and they're sick of us, and they should be. Because, frankly, I've read the headlines. They put up with a lot. But it's it's gotten just a little bit worse. I'm not saying drastically worse. I'm saying everything is getting a little bit worse over time. It's just across the board. It's not just airplanes. Food is getting a little bit worse all of the time. Like Wendy's introduced this breakfast menu. And you would think, oh, Wendy's has good burgers. They know how to make a sandwich in the very least. And they've, they've got always hot and crispy fries. So when I see they're they've got these... these um. These home fries, these like not quite hash brown fries, still potatoes, but like wedges. We tried them. 
when they first came out, they were really good fries, really good, well-seasoned, kind of like, oh, this should be on the regular menu. And the sandwich we got, I got like the maple chicken biscuit, which was like, hey, like a chicken and waffles biscuit sort of thing going on. It was pretty good. I liked it. Within a couple of months, we went again on a different occasion. It wasn't as good. It was just a little bit worse. It, it was, I mean, the chicken was dry. The, the one pack of the home fries was a little too cold. The other was piping hot. Neither were seasoned correctly. And I, it's, uh, this is, I, I can hear naysayers coming in like, oh, you caught the restaurant at a bad time. This is multiple times at multiple different Wendy's in multiple different locations. From the introduction of the breakfast menu to when we, we, we went a couple of months later, it just got a little bit worse. It's got a little bit worse. And it's going to continue to get a little bit worse to the point where we're not going back to Wendy's for breakfast. It's just not as good as it used to be. And this is within a couple of months. Movies. Movies have gotten a little bit worse. They have. Uh, we, we, I mean, I went to the movies three times this weekend with uh, Jamie. We saw See How They Run, a great whodunit with Sam Rockwell and Shersha Ronan playing uh, constables and detectives, do it, figuring out who's the murderer. That one was pretty fun. Uh, then... On John's suggestion, we saw Don't Worry Darling and kind of hated it, kind of really just didn't like it at all, Um, with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde and Nick Kroll for some reason. No offense to Nick Kroll, just for some reason he's in the movie. And then we saw Bros with Billy Eichner and Jim Rash was the only other person I knew in the movie, so there's that. Movies are getting a little bit worse. Why do I say that when I saw a really good movie and bros and don't worry, darling? That's a good question. Here's the explanation. Uh, While See How They Run was really good and I really enjoyed it, that's one out of three. Don't Worry, Darling was like a, a psychological thriller that honestly lost its way 70% of the way through the movie, not to spoil it, but just lost what it had going for it, and then abandoned it, and then it was over. It was just over. Uh, I I mean, there have been good psychological thrillers, but, like, think about the old psychological thrillers. Think about, like, Vertigo, North by Northwest, your Hitchcockian psychological thrillers. Think about Shutter Island. Think about, like... um, Fight Club, you know, these really good psychological thrillers. I mean, they're huge. They're big. They're twisty. They're bendy. And when they reveal that they're twisty and they're bendy, they don't just then say, okay, now it's time to run away from the twisty bendy stuff. And let's let's uh, get to the end of the movie. We've kept you here for two hours and 40 minutes. eh? Let's let's get you out, huh? Without any character development or resolution or nothing. Let's just get out of here. I'm a movie. 
That's what they say today. That's movies today say that. And then Bros was, uh, you know, it's, it's great, great movie. Really, I mean, fun, fun movie. Very funny, very humorous movie. Um, it's a rom com, a homosexual rom com, featuring uh, homosexual people playing homosexual characters, and what uh, some people are holding up as like a landmark kind of event. Uh, it's not straight people playing gay characters in order to win Oscars. It's uh, gay characters playing gay characters because they're gay. Or because representation, for sure, for one. Um, but then also, like, it's about time. Like, all the straight actors have been in all the straight rom-coms forever and ever. So it's time to do this one. Time to do the, the opposite of straight people, which is uh, everybody else playing everybody else. Uh, in the roles in which they are everybody, you know, that kind of thing. Did that make any sense? Probably not. It was fine. It was a fine movie. The first half was pretty funny. The second half took itself too seriously, but it's a rom-com. What can I ask from it? I don't know. Just movies are getting a little bit worse. I don't have, I, that's not good evidence. That's not a good argument. Skip it. I just wanted to talk about the movies I saw. Um, so forget that. But things are just getting a little bit worse. Everything. The world. Traffic's getting worse. There you go. Now you found the thread. Traffic is bad. People are worse drivers. We all hold up in our homes for like a year and a half and we came back ruder, more aggressive, not as patient. We all got to get where we're going really quick because we lost a year and a half. We got to go. We got to get there. I got to beat you to the gas station. I got to beat you at the gas station. And then I'm as I'm leaving, I'm going to beat you again. We're beating people out here for cars. When I first moved to the city of Austin, yeah, it was a little bit of a steep learning curve with the with the city driving. I was used to the the, the slower pace of country driving or, or southern driving, Sunday morning driving uh 24/7. It's just we, we moved a little bit slower. It was hot out. You don't want to get where you're going because you got AC in the car. So you're going to go to the speed limit a little under maybe. If you're in college, you speed a little bit because, I don't know, driving's just something you got to get through to get to the place you want to go. But, uh, I mean, so, yeah, I had to adjust. And I adjusted pretty well to the traffic. I think living in a city made me a better driver. Not like more aggressive or anything, but more aware and more ready for things as they happen. But today, it's just like nobody cares about anybody else on the road. We got to cut each other off. We got to weave in and out of traffic. I got to get there 0.5 seconds faster for reasons nobody can understand. For reasons lost to time and the universe and, and God and other gods and any religion you think can't explain why everybody's in such a gosh dang hurry all the time, but it's made driving a little bit worse. There are some afternoons when I see so many bad things on the road, things that just eat away at my soul because I only have so much patience in the day and I'm, I'm wasting most of it at work. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to do road rage, but I am one to rage at the road, at the traffic. Like, I'm not going to endanger anybody's life. 
but I will yell at you if I'm in the confines of my car. And there are some afternoons on an afternoon commute when I just want to be home more than anything else, but I'm still driving the speed limit and obeying all the traffic laws because I don't want anybody to die where I'm yelling my head off. Because I see so many people get into near accidents just because they they're not they're not caring about their fellow driver out there. Driving has gotten a little bit worse. Things, uh, traffic has just gotten a little bit worse. And I know, I, I think this is a ubiquitous thing. I don't think this is limited to just the city of Austin. I, I've seen people complain about driving pretty much everywhere, and everyone comes to the same conclusion. Uh, we all forgot how to drive when we were quarantined. That's not it. That isn't it. That is a symptom of the overall problem that everything is getting a little bit worse all of the time. Uh, The big one, the big evidence I have, and as soon as I say this, uh, some some people who have been holding out, you know who you are, John, uh, you're going to nod your heads because this one is just evident. This one is the most clear-cut example I can give you, hand to the millionaire. I've got a bottle op- I've got a bottle opener in the shape of a Thor's hammer right here on my my desk. Hand to that hammer. This is the big seller. This is the domino that makes the other dominoes fall. Now you got a pizza. Super Bowl commercials have gotten a little bit worse all of the time. In the past 10 Super Bowls There has been, the number of good commercials has been few and far between. They're just getting a little bit worse. Think back to the most recent Super Bowl. One, you can't. It's too long ago. It was in like February. We're in in frightened times. So one, that's way too long for me to ask you to remember. But think about it. If you watch the game, if you didn't watch the game, I don't blame you. But if you watch the game, think about those. I can't say the word Super Bowl. Think about those big game commercials. Think about one. Try to remember one. Remember one. You can't. It's impossible. You really can't because it's gotten worse. They're not memorable anymore. A couple of years ago, there was uh, David Harbour doing the It's a Tad ad commercials. Those were good. I remember those because things weren't quite as worse as they are now. I mean, you think about like the famous Budweiser commercials with the Clydesdales and the dog. There's a new one every year. Think about the Budweiser commercial with the Budweiser frogs, with the frogs going Budweiser kind of thing. I sped it up because who cares? Think about all those dilly dilly commercials. Like that stuff sticks with you. One, it's repetitive. It's all Budweiser. Um, and then a Tide ad. But yeah, the, the commercials have gotten a little bit worse. Because something's being sucked out of them. Something's being subtracted from the overall process that used to result in such memorance or importance or just fullness. There was a fullness there that isn't quite there anymore. And you can think of other things. You can think of Oscars are a little bit worse. Tonys are a little bit worse. Emmys, all those award shows 
or those self-important people congratulate themselves for doing some really good work. All those have gotten a little bit worse over the years. I mean, besides the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap, which apparently I always talk about when I'm alone. Um, besides that, you know, nobody really quite remembers the Oscars. Nate, who won Best Picture? Couldn't tell you. I, I would have to look it up. Because it wasn't memorable. Maybe it was Coda. I don't remember. Things are just getting a little bit worse. Corners are being cut or ripped from the fullness of everything. Everything is not as complete as it could be. So that's the premise of this overall theory. And a, a no theory would be complete without an explanation, at least not a scientific one, you know. I'm saying everything is getting a little bit worse all of the time. That's not an explanation. That's that's the hypothesis. That's the first part of the theory. Uh, the second part of the theory, I'm going to let you guys interject at first because I know what you're thinking. All of the things I just, I, I just described, I know what you're thinking. You're, you're saying, well, Henry, you were a kid on that Southwest airline flight and now you're an adult. So maybe it's you. Maybe it's just you're older. Maybe what I'm describing here is the the luster, the shine out of life getting taken out of it because uh, you're coming at it from an, an older perspective. Maybe as we age, the things that we experience aren't quite as bright and shiny because they're not as new. You know, we, we, when you do something new and novel, you're, you're absorbing every moment of it. The colors seem brighter. Uh, the hundredth time you do that same sad thing, their colors are quite, aren't as bright because you're not, you're not absorbing it as much. Your brain is filling in the blanks. It doesn't stick with you quite as much. And I hear what you're saying. I mean, I also hear the people are saying, oh, you're doing the you're doing what the boomers have been doing for years. You're saying things aren't as great as they used to be. Let's make them great again. And this weird sort of fighting against the inevitable, the, the, the inevitability that uh, things won't and can't be as great as they used to be because that the things they're remembering never quite existed in the first place. They've idealized memories and memories are never quite complete to begin with. I hear all of that, but I disagree. I don't think it's age. I really don't. Um, because the first time you fly as an adult by yourself without your parents is a new and novel thing. Uh, and you're paying attention to different things. You're remembering maybe how things used to be, but you're not quite comparing them yet, you know? Uh, but that would be a novel new experience that should seem as bright and shiny uh, to you because it's a novel experience of traveling alone for the first time. And it's just not. I mean, it's because the conditions, the environment are not, they aren't conducive to it because they've been drained of something that's a little bit worse and 
the super the big game commercials wouldn't stand a reason either. Uh, I never watched the big game commercials when I was a kid. And now that I'm older, I guess I'm more cynical, but also like advertising is sort of or, or copywriting is sort of the world I live in. So I can appreciate a really well-written ad like that is something I can I can give props to. And if you're spending $50 million for 30 seconds of ad space, you would hope that they're putting forth their best ad campaign they could. And oftentimes it's just mid, as the kids say. It's mid, M-I-G. Look it up if you don't know it. It's not, it's just average. It's just decent. It's not great. So I don't think it's age. I think it's something else. Um, I can't explain away. I mean, I just, yeah, I'm more cynical these days, but that's not the problem. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem, as always, the root of all problems, the granddaddy of problems, only don't call him daddy because they, they're, they're your boss. You can't call your boss daddy unless you're into that. That's weird. Don't want to kink shame, though. The real problem is capitalism, and it always has been. The feeling of being of everything getting a little bit worse, the things that I'm describing of just being a little bit worse, including traffic, is, the problem is uh, capitalism. It's cutting things for the sake of the bottom line. It's cutting corners, squeezing more seats into the same metal tube so there's less footrest. There's less foot space. You're more cramped in. It's like, oh, we used to joke about being sardines cramming into a can in order to fly. But now it's real. The jokes gave them ideas. Our, our glib attempt at diffusing situations have been stolen from us to turn a profit and increase the, the margins. So they're selling more seats on planes in the same amount of space. With the big time game commercials, it's a it's fifty million just for the ad space. Fifty million for thirty seconds. You think you're going to take a big swing, a big creative risk? No. Cut the budget, or give the budget to a celebrity for a celebrity endorsement, but then cut the creative side. Cut the writer's budget. Or just cut the writers all together and go with the first idea an executive says. Because, well, you know, then it's not as a big of a risk. With traffic, the effects of capitalism are a little bit harder to pinpoint. But it's because we only got so much time in the day. And we've been working harder and harder for the same or less amount of money. Because, hey, we gotta, we got to meet these quotas. we got to meet these deadlines. we got to ship more with less time. we got to do more with less. It is a phenomenon that's ubiquitous and is everywhere. Everywhere's pushing harder. Everywhere's trying to, let's make more money than we did the year before. Just a little bit more. We're not asking you to make millions more. Just a little bit more, because if we're not growing, we're stagnant. And if we're stagnant, we're failing. So you got to work harder, and that means you got to work later 
or you're more tired on the drive home, you're more likely to be aggressive or agitated when you're driving because you got, I mean, if you work later, it's like, I got to get home. I've been at work all day at a place I hate at working at a pace. I don't like doing more than what should be on my plate because we can't afford to hire more people because we don't want to pay them because paying a person affects the bottom line and that's less profit. Everything is just a little bit worse for the sake of affecting an ever-growing need to have growth year after year from every company across the board to the point of stealing millions of dollars from a government program that was supposed to keep people's jobs safe during a pandemic and more often than not did not have an effect at all other than going into some budget somewhere to just be forgiven in the upcoming tax season. Capitalism is the reason. Not a bagel with everything on it collapsing in on itself, but the need for never unincreasing growth. That's the scariest thing of all. Because if everything's getting just a little bit worse over time, uh, constantly for the sake of just giving more money to a company's profits, where does the line end? If we can't pinpoint what exactly is getting worse and by by how much, if we can't determine the rate of change of worsening over time, then the line is just gradually moving closer and closer to like an unspeakable thing that we we can't ever really picture because it's so absurd it couldn't be true. But the problem with gradual change is that we're not aware of it. The problem with gradual change is it's gradual. We notice big moves. We notice big motions. But the problem with humankind is the incremental changes are harder to pinpoint for us. It's harder to pay attention to the small stuff. We don't notice the the fact that we're standing on a rock that's spinning and a rate, uh, I mean, a, a rate that makes a day happen. So that's the, that's the scary part. That's the frightened times part. If everything is getting a little bit worse for the sake of capitalism over a rate of change that we cannot determine, we're getting closer and closer every day, every second, every minute to an unspeakable thing, that a line that no one should ever cross is going to be crossed without us even noticing. Or when it finally does happen, we're going to ask, how did we get here? This is insane. Why are we here? How did this happen? Why did we let, why are we killing elderly people to make money? Why are we getting to the point where the Lieutenant Governor of Texas is saying, grandparents, would willingly sacrifice themselves for the sake of the economy. How are we here? How did that happen? And it's because we've been dealing with this this fact that everything is getting just a little bit worse every day at a rate we cannot perceive over time for the sake of affecting the profit margins or this, the, 
the record-breaking profits of a company that does not care about us and never has. That's how we got here. I can't show you the roadmap, but I can describe it, and hopefully it's clicking in the place for you, that things are just getting a little bit worse, you know? I mean, you think about how... Just think about when you were a child and you ate fast food, it was great. It was delicious. It was cheap. It was affordable. And now you buy that same fast food and it, I mean, it's just not as good. Yeah. The fats and the sugars are there, but you used to be able to get more. You used to be able to get like every, the entire taco bell menu costs like 20 bucks. Now they got rid of the Taco Bell menu completely, brought back a couple items, and repriced it all. And so now 20 bucks means you get maybe gets you like three things. Everything's just a little bit worse. And it's all due to money and profit motive and capitalism. Now, I, I don't know what it's like in, in a country that's not ruled with an iron fist by the almighty dollar. I would be interested to hear other people's takes from countries where capitalism isn't as big of a problem. I don't know what those countries are because I'm an American and I don't know geology, and I will freely admit that because they never taught it to me. I never learned geology because the schools did not teach me geology. I, I don't think that's my fault, really. And, you know, I got to work so hard. I don't have time to look up geology and learn it myself. Because uh, I got places to be, guy. I got to cut people off in traffic so I can get home faster. So I can lay down on my couch and watch Rick and Morty so that some other person living the life I want to live gets rich. That's the theory. That's the theory. Everything is getting a little bit worse all of the time for the sake of capitalism. That's spooky. That's scary. That's frightened times right there. What do you think, John? Really? You don't say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. An entire trout. Where? Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, J John, stop. This is a family program. I will not allow you to sully the good name of zero credits for a cheap laugh. You should fee you should know better and you should feel ashamed. Don't double down. John, we don't say slurs here. We don't. And you know that. That is in the bylaws. You've violated one of the bylaws. I need you to put on that dunce cap and go sit in the corner while I wrap things up here. So that's going to do it for the first episode of the Frightened Times here on Zero Credits. Uh, uh, hopefully John is uh, he's, he's resting. He's getting better, so I can I can present him his stupid gifts that I've been saving for years. I bought 
I bought these gifts for him last frightened times. I don't know when this, uh, that might not be true. And they've been sitting in a closet under a, a stack of moldy towels for a year. They need to be given mold and all. Bonus gift is the mold. The mold represents the little bit worsening of the gift that he's going to get. That way it is symbolic. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed the solo episode. I hope uh, you guys are doing all right. I hope it didn't bum anybody out too badly with my theory of everything getting worse all of the time. I'm glad to have finally delineated it, hopefully in a way that's coherent. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my voice now because I've talked for 55 minutes straight. Uh, but... This has been, uh, this has been, I don't know, it's whatever. I hope you guys are having a good frightened time. So I hope you're not getting too frightened by uh, the dregs of everything getting a little bit worse just on a daily basis. There's nothing we can do about it. There's no way to stop it. That's, maybe that's the scary part. It's inevitable as the heat death of the universe. Until, like, societal collapse. You know, fingers crossed. We'll see. But if you want to reach out to give us your big fears, your big frights, you can reach us at ZCPCWHJ, which I believe John knows what stands for. That's right. And if you want to send us a longer email uh, or just a longer message, you can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net. We will get to you as soon as we can. Uh, there is currently more tr more callers on the line than ever before. So we are backed up. These are unprecedented uh, call volumes that we're having to deal with. So please just be patient and we'll get to we'll get to you when you can. Um, if you have any business opportunities for us, please drop a line. We'll, we're, we're, we're like doing business. We'll do some business. I don't know. Uh, we are also on every major podcasting app you can think of minus Stitcher. Uh, so that means we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podchaser, Good Pods. Something called Pottermelon. Made that one up. Uh, if you could do us a favor and leave us a rating or a review or whatever your app of choice does. If you can leave us one of those, that would be great. We love it when people talk about the show behind our backs. Uh, if it's good things or bad things, no good. All news is good news. Bad news is publicity. All the sayings are correct here. But the most important thing you can do this frightened time season is tell everyone, hey, Zero Credits, they're a crazy show. They do a lot of weird stuff. Sometimes they just talk about one movie and how much they liked it and how important it is. But they never really get into anything more like down uh, under the surface. Hey, that it's great. They like all the things I like. You should like them too. And sometimes it's just one guy rambling into a microphone for 58 minutes, uh, hoping that anything is good, hoping that it's good. 
Check it out. He doesn't sound lonely or desperate at all. He doesn't sound like he's going through a lot. He doesn't sound like he's talked his entire voice out. No, 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 no. That's vocal fry. That's on purpose. I'm a radio personality. The most important thing you can do is tell people about our show. So if you tell a fiend and they tell a fiend, that's two fiends. And if they tell two fiends, we got a whole horde on our hands that knows about the Zero Credits podcast. We love everybody who listens to the show. Thank you so much for listening and interacting and doing the crazy stuff you do. To all you people running right now, and you're waiting for me to shut up so you can stop your running, I'm almost there. And you are too. Thank you for listening and telling people about the show. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Podcast, we want to wish you a haunted week. Say goodbye, John. Say goodbye, John. John, say goodbye. What are you doing, John? What? Just say goodbye. All right, John doesn't want to say goodbye, so I guess I will. Uh, goodbye, everybody. And here's the part where you reveal that you have, in fact, been here the whole time and you just don't want to speak. Not for the bit. It would be funny if you revealed that you were here the whole time. And no, I get it. I get that you're not actually here and you're actually sick in bed. But it would just be funny for a bit to like a, a joke a bit. Do I have to explain? It would be funny if you revealed you were here the whole time. No, I get the fact that I'm talking to myself in a room and there's nobody else here and you're not on the, the call and you're not being recorded. I get all that. I'm just saying it would be very funny right now if you revealed that you had been here the whole time. All right. I can't work with you when you're like this. Okay. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.